Welcome to Ghostly. Is the West Virginia Penitentiary haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real, and my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat. I'm Rebecca. Uh, Just to let everybody know, we are on YouTube and we are doing videos of all of our episodes. So you should definitely go check it out and like and subscribe. Comment if you would. Yeah, you can you can see me in my Believer Gal t-shirt. I'm just straight up ghostly today. (laughs) I'm I'm wearing the ghostly hoodie. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, So in this episode, we, you know, it feels really good to be back. Uh, Right. We are officially really back. Yeah. I mean, last time we did Jim Jim Harold and that was a lot of fun, but that's not a typical ghostly episode. And while doing the research for this, I was like, oh, this is what we did. This is it. This is ghostly. (laughs) This is what it's about. (laughs) Ghosts. And so maybe I'm a little bit biased, but... um, it seems like this is um, this is a really spooky episode Definitely. and um, a lot of history, a lot of really cool history for this mm-hmm. one too. So I I really like it. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to be a believer after this. Maybe. I mean, you sent me a picture. I did send you a picture. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I could have sent that. you more, but you know, I know I don't want to overwhelm you. Sure, sure. Thank you for that. <laughs> I I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's do some shout outs. So there are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. You know, we always prefer those five star reviews, but we'll read any and all reviews that we receive. And the second way is to become a member on Patreon. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar. And we have a few different tiers to choose from going from $1 all the way to $10. Uh, we just released our episode schedule on there, and yes. it goes all the way out to the end of June. Yeah, we are we are ready, and you never know things might get added. Yeah, <laughs> we keep changing things up, but no, it's a lot of fun. And uh, we have Ghostly X. We just did um, a, a great interview, released a great yeah. interview on there. We've got some more coming up, um, some bonus contents. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, a lot of um, fun. so we do have two new patrons on Patreon. We have Rhonda and Graveside Paranormal. You've heard of Graveside Paranormal. I have before, heard right? of Graveside Paranormal. We <laughs> talked about a tour that we went on with them. Yeah. Um, uh, in November, I think it was. Uh, super fun, super spooky stuff. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was really entertaining. Yeah. All right. So I've got listener mail okay. today. So I actually decided to go into um, listener comments this time. We have had some people send us stories, and I really appreciate that. We definitely need more. We'll tell you how to send them. Uh, coming up, but this is actually a comment on the time slip episode. And um, you could hear all the comments that come up in the in the polls if you become a patron and listen to Ghostly X. Yeah, we share all those comments there. Um, so this is from Lindsay, and she has a time slip story. Okay. So she said, this totally happened to my mom. When she was 12, she woke up during Christmas time and saw her uncle standing beside the Christmas tree, which she could see from her bedroom door. She called out to him and he turned and smiled and motioned for her to go back to sleep. In the morning, she asked where her uncle was and what he was doing at the house so late the night before. She was so freaked out, they called him and not only was he at his house the night before 45 miles away but he and the whole family were sick 
we're not going anywhere anytime soon. Wow. Ooh, that would be freaky. Yeah, and like, I know. Why would you dream your uncle? You know what I mean? Like that's like if it'd be one thing if she was like, I saw something that looked like Santa Claus, or like I don't know, like just, I would not dream my uncle. Just just to put yeah, it out there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like that's what makes it a little more believable to me. I know we're not debating it, but I'm just saying. Miley Kunas maybe, but not. <laughs> <laughs> not my uncle mila mila yeah <laughs> well i mean we have such a good relationship i can call I her what see, you know I that's see. that's my little pet name for her <laughs> so um thank you very much Lindsay. and we always want to hear your stories to send us a story you can email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com or use the contact us form on ghostlypodcast.com or one of our favorite ways is to get ghost stories in the actual mail. Um, so you can send it to P.O. Box number 264 in Geneva, Illinois, 60134. You're not going to remember any of the stuff I just said. So just go to ghostlypodcast.com and scroll to the bottom and you will see it in the footer. All right. So next, of course, is your favorite time. Oh my remember God. this part of the episode? No, Pulls. I don't. <laughs> All right. So as we mentioned last time, we talked about time slips. This was back in November. Um, so we had a yes for there are such things as time slips, 54.5%. All right. I mean, I'm not, I didn't really have much uh, stake in the game in this, this one. This one was, a, even for me, I was kind of in the middle. Yeah. I mean, I think I tipped towards yes. Um, and then no, 45.5. Obviously, that's the the other <laughs> half of the percentage there. Uh, what was the what was the rating? Yeah, so the overall rating, people can vote on how haunted they believe something is or how much they believe it. Uh, one being that they don't believe it at all. And 10 being the most believable thing that they've ever heard in their lives um we got 5.55 so that's pretty high for that i would uh, say it is yeah i know that doesn't seem high but it, it is actually like, for, so people that believe it be really believe it for a vote that was almost 50 50 it's yeah. that's pretty good yeah again i think this is something if you haven't listened to that episode go back and listen because or watch it on youtube or watch it on youtube um it was our first one that we put up there yeah. so we're, we're learning um but it I think this concept is going to start coming up now as we talk about ghosts. Like, is it a you ghost? Think it will. Is it a time? Well, I'm bringing it up. Let's just say it that way. <laughs> you know, um, is it a ghost or is it a time slip? You know, I mean, it's just. Like, you just want me to believe. Uh, it's That's just, it's all. something. All right. So are you ready for a ghost story? Yes, I am ready for one of Rebecca's spooky tales. Ooh. All right. It'll be fun, my friend Cherie said. It'll be something we can say we did, she said. Now I'm regretting listening to her. Cherie's had some connection to the guys who give ghost tours at the West Virginia Penitentiary, and she said we could get some time to explore the place all to our own in the middle of the night. She said the worst anyone had experienced was hearing some noises that could easily be explained away. Now I know that that isn't true, but I didn't check it out before we went. The guys gave us a tour and showed us all the places where people claim to have experienced paranormal activity. 
And it wasn't just spooky noises. <laughs> Maybe I should have told her then that I wasn't going to go back in with her, but we hadn't really seen or experienced anything on the tour and she was just so excited to do it. And the guys would be waiting for us. So I thought, okay, you know, it'll be all right. We started by walking towards the sugar shack, the old rec room that is well known for its paranormal activity. I had my phone out along with a flashlight ready to take some creepy pictures, but I didn't think it would be as creepy as it was. In the shack, we definitely heard noises. Some of them even sounded like voices, but I dismissed them as just old building noises in my imagination. Next, we headed to one of the more more notorious cell block areas. The air took on a much darker, oppressive feel here. So much violence and death had happened in these areas. You could just feel the pain and anger hanging in the air. Charisse decided to go into one of the cells. I refused to go all the way in. I just stood in the doorway. She was trying to talk to the spirits. She had some sort of recorder with her. All of the sudden, I felt someone touching my hair. Not some wind blowing. Someone touched my hair. I could feel the weight of the hand. I screamed and turned around, but no one was there. Charisse came to see what happened. I was shaking and almost crying at this point. But then we both heard a loud noise down the hall that stopped us both short. It was like someone had slammed a door or dropped something heavy. We both looked down the hall and clear as day, there was a shadowy form of a man. It was like there was an area that had no light. I've never seen anything like it. This was not a shadow or like someone that was in shadow. It seemed like a living shadow. At least that's how my mind thought of it. I don't know how I had the presence of mind to do it, but somehow I got my phone camera up and took a picture of that figure. Soon after, it vanished. We ran. We ran all the way back to the entrance where the guys were waiting for us. We told them everything that happened, and I pulled up the picture on my phone. I couldn't believe it, but it was there. The shadow person. It wasn't as clear in the photo, but you could see him. The guy started to freak out with happiness. (laughs) No one had ever caught anything so clear before. They begged me to send it to them so they could investigate and share it. I let them. In the moment with them, it all seemed to be exciting and not as scary. But once I got home and I really thought about it, all the terror came back. What did I see? What did I experience? And what does this mean about the world around us? All right. So the question I always ask, (laughs) how much of this is based on any facts, Rebecca? So I will say this is not a story that like was like based on someone's experience other than there are shadow people photos there. One in particular that's very famous that an investigator took um, Mm. that we'll talk about later, obviously, with the evidence. Um, so I just kind of took that idea that someone took a, a shadow so you made it photo up, yeah. and then I, I made a story. Yeah. So I don't <laughs> want anyone. Sometimes we have had people like reach out and think that my story is like 
a story of something that happened. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, <laughs> I don't there, want anyone to think that <laughs> there's no friend named Sharice. Right. Exactly. This is, I don't think anybody has a friend a, named Sharice. Oh, I'm sure there are people. Don't All right. Well, write in, write in and let us know if your friend is named Sharice. I'm we sure would there love are to plenty. hear it. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we return, we will talk about the haunted history. We are excited to announce a new way you can support Ghostly. Joining us on Patreon. There are many reasons to become a patron. Not only are you helping Ghostly cover its own cost, but you can get Ghostly episodes early. You can get up to 25% off Ghostly gear. Get a shout out on the next episode. You can get a priority request for a new episode. Get more Rebecca's creepy bedtime stories. And the biggest news, you can get exclusive content with our new show called Ghostly X for the weeks that Ghostly does not have a new episode. As well as many more cool rewards that we can't wait to share with our patrons. So please, help us become the podcast that we've always wanted to be. You can sign up by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon link on the menu bar. are sponsored by Tarot by Ta. Ta is a professional tarot card reader with over 20 years of experience. He reads at numerous public events, private parties, and personal appointments throughout the greater Chicagoland area. He also does his readings worldwide using services like Zoom. But you forgot the best part. He is hashtag team skeptic. How that works, I don't know, but that's <laughs> but that's Ta for you. Uh, to find out more about Ta, visit and like his Facebook page at facebook.com slash tarot by Ta. Uh, we also have a Ghostly X episode where we interview Ta, and it was fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, if you want to understand how he can be a skeptic and a tarot card yeah, reader, I get it. subscribe I get it. And, and listen, and, and he'll explain it. All right, so let's get into these Pat Facts. Pat Facts. In 1863, West Virginia su- succeeded uh, from Virginia, and this is at the height of the Civil War. So they decided to break from Virginia due to political disagreement, pretty much meaning that West Virginia wanted to join the Union and Virginia didn't. The newly formed West Virginia had a lack of public institutions, which included prisons. And in order in order to be a state on their own, they needed to fill these voids. And <laughs> they needed a prison. And they need to fill state. them fairly quickly. <laughs> Uh, or they at least needed to come up with some kind of plans for these things. I understand. Yeah. Uh, the new governor, Arthur Borman, sounds like a lovely man. Uh, <laughs> under- something about that name. I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. exactly. Uh, well, but he understood this and he lobbied the newly formed West Virginia legislature. Um, the repeat- they repeatedly denied him, though. This went on from 1863 to 1866. The West Virginia legislature. Uh, told him that he could just send them to other prisons or send them out of state. 
which would have been great, right? You just send all the prisoners to different state. Okay. Um, it's different though. If you are convicted in a county or a state, each had to have their own prisons. They're different levels. Right. There's yeah. like county county jail, yep. state prison, and then federal, right, is the other thing we're yep, talking absolutely, about. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. And county jails were just simply inadequate for this kind of thing. I mean, we're talking about heavy duty, yeah. longer term sentences kind of thing. Bigger crimes too gotcha. sometimes, yeah. Uh, in 1865, this was most apparent when nine inmates escaped one of the prisons. Uh, that was all it took. And then the media took sides with the governor. Gotcha. So They finally, escaped. They escaped, yeah. No. <laughs> what are you saying, that they were released? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, finally, on February 7th, 1866, the West Virginia legislature... Uh, approved the purchase of land in Moundsville to construct a state prison. They purchased 10 acres just outside of Moundsville for roughly $3,000. That seems like they got a pretty good deal there. Well, I don't know how much that would be in today's dollars, but still yeah. seems not that bad for what it, for getting permanent land for a prison. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Wheeling at that time was the capital of West Virginia, and Moundsville was just 12 miles south of Wheeling. So it worked out perfectly. Uh, until they can get the prison made, they built a temporary wooden prison. This was not ideal, but gave them time to make plans for the prison itself. I've never seen a wooden prison no, before. No, I don't see that going well. Um, they decided to model the new prison after a prison that is very creepy, and we did an episode on it already. Do you know which one it is? I don't. Joliet Prison oh, in Illinois. not what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Gothic style of Joliet Prison with its hopelessness was perfect, <laughs> as it gave the prisoners little hope of ever getting out and kept people from committing crimes in the area. Now, this was where the Sausage King was. The Sausage King was in Joliet. Was he wasn't, Joliet? he was not no, in West Virginia. No, no, but he was, he was in, so kind of a similar, yeah, okay. Absolutely. On the first building constructed on the new site, was the North Wagon Gate. Uh, they used hand-cut sandstone from the local quarries, which was very similar to how Joliet was made from the limestone of the local quarries. Uh, they got cheap labor to construct the prison as they used the prisoners for all the labor. And uh, they finally finished the phase in 1876, and it cost $363,061. That does that that does not seem too bad. No, it doesn't for a whole prison. Right. Yeah. Now, okay. So if you were a prisoner tasked with building this prison, would you try to like sneak like a weapon like in a brick or a stone in between them something like that mm. where like you could find it later? No, but what I would do though is I would maybe not um mortar the bricks so much in the one particular area. Right, right. So I could just push them out. That's such good quality. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, they, all, they also created a north and south cell block, uh, which both measured 300 feet by 52 feet. Okay. It doesn't seem big enough. No, it doesn't. <laughs> the south hall had 224 cells that were each 7 foot by 4 foot. Okay. That's going to be important in a little bit. Okay. Uh, the North Hall had a kitchen, a dining area, a hospital, and a chapel. A four-story tower connecting the two was the administration building, measuring 75 foot by 75 foot. 
Uh, it included space for female inmates, which was one of the things that Joliet lacked, uh, and personal living quarters for the warden and his family. When the prison opened in 1876, they had 251 male inmates. Uh, some of those were the very same prisoners that helped construct the new prison, like we were just right, saying. Exactly. Yeah. In addition to construction, the inmates had other jobs to do in support of the prison. In the early 1900s, some I industries within the prison walls included a carpentry, um, a a paint shop, a wagon shop, a stone yard, a brick yard, a blacksmith, a tailor, a bakery, and a hospital. And a candlestick maker? No, they didn't have candlestick <laughs> makers then. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, because of all that, the prison was almost self-sufficient. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they opened up a coal mine about a mile away, which helped save money on the powering of the prison. Wow. And some inmates were actually allowed to stay at the mine with the supervisor of the mine, which was a mine foreman who was not a prisoner. Interesting. But it was just like one one guy. One guy with all those prisoners, with all sorts of things you would use to mine coal with. Yeah, but surprisingly, none of the coal miners escaped. Interesting. Um, conditions at the prison during the turn of the 20th century were good, according to a warden's report, which stated that... Both the quantity and the quality of all the purchases of material, food, and clothing have been very gradually but steadily improved, while the discipline has become more nearly perfect and the exaction of labor less stringent. I mean, that sounds nice, but like, I yeah. mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to take the wardens. Well, at that time, it was fine. It was fine, but it got worse. Okay. Construction of a school and library was completed in 1900 to help reform and e educate the inmates. That's good. Uh, they were big on that, although they never really thought they would get out. Mm. But they were big on the reforming them. Uh, the thought the um, then throughout the years the conditions declined dramatically. The prison was ranked on the top ten most violent correctional facilities list that was put out by the Department of of Justice. A place called the Sugar Shack, which you mentioned in your uh, story, was infamous for gambling, rape, and fighting. And the Sugar Shack was also the name of a male um, dance club here in the Chicagoland area. I thought that name sounded familiar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when I read that, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Seems like a more appropriate thing to be, like, I hear the name the Sugar Shack, I think of that as more of a, of a male dance club than I do a rec room yeah, yeah. <laughs> at a prison. Um, by 1929, there were problems with overcrowding. And the cells that were already too small to, to house even one person, seven foot by four foot, um, yeah, they had to house multiple people. Um, but they had they had to until the prison was expanded. So they had planned to do the expansion. Uh, they would often put three inmates in one tiny cell. Two prisoners would sleep in the bunks with the third sleeping on a mattress on the floor. Um, because of a shortage of steel during World War II, it took 30 years to complete the expansion. So they had three people in each cell for 30 years. Do the math there. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um. And of course, uh, they used prison labor then when they when they were able to do it. So the same prisoners again. In total, well, maybe not the same. 
Well, not the same ones that built the prison, <laughs> but the same ones that were living in the prison. Gotcha. Uh, in total, 36 homicides took place in the prison. From 1899 to 1959, 94 men were executed at the prison. Hanging was the method of execution until 1949, with 85 men meeting that fate. The public could attend hangings, which were public, until June 19, 1931, and on that date, Frank Heyer was executed for murdering his wife. And when the trap door beneath him was opened and his full weight settled into the noose, he was instantly decapitated. And following this event, attendance at hangings was by invitation only. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure that would have drawn more people to the next one, but maybe that's yeah, part know. of, yeah. Uh, in, this is a really a, a interesting um, little factoid about this. Mm. Uh, in, 1890, in, in 1983, Convicted multiple murderer Charles Manson requested to be transferred to this prison to be near his family. His request was denied, though. Oh, interesting. Huh. Now, did I hear, did they build a, didn't they build um, an electric chair? I I think after the hangings. Okay. And I, I just had read, like, I mean, again, I don't know. But it's a. I think that we have often heard of electric chairs being called old Sparky. Yeah, um, but that's what they they called it. <laughs> it's not good. No, definitely not. Uh, towards the end of its life as a prison, the facility was marked by many instances of riots and escapes. In the 1960s, the prison reached a peak population of about 2,000 inmates. With the building of more prisons, that number declined to 600 to 700 inmates in 1995, and the fate of the prison was sealed in 1986 uh, with a ruling by the West Virginia Supreme Court, which stated that the confinement to the seven foot by four foot uh, cells, um, it was considered uh, constitutionally cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah, and that was just probably for like one person, exactly. let alone three. Yep, yep. Wow. Uh, within nine years, West Virginia Penitentiary was closed as a prison, and most of the inmates were transferred to the Mount Olive Correctional Complex in uh, Fade County, West Virginia. A smaller correctional facility was built a mile away in Moundsville to serve as a regional jail. Tours are available for tourists wishing to see the prison. The Elizabethtown uh, Festival is held every year to celebrate and remember historic Moundsville. A haunted attraction called the Dungeon of Horrors is also set up for the Halloween season. And paranormal groups and enthusiasts travel. Um, paranormal groups and enthusiast travel guides consider Moundsville Prison to be one of the most haunted prisons in the United States, with the ghost stories originating as early as the 1930s. Legends include claim that the prison occupies the site of a Native American burial ground. Uh, who would have thought? Yep. And alleged uh, hauntings by spirits of dead inmates. Dun, dun, dun. Perfect <laughs> setup. Right? <laughs> Do you have anything to add to the history? Just the thing about the old Sparky. And, I, I, you know, it definitely seemed, we'll talk about some specific instances, but um, a very violent place as far as, you know, people, uh, inmates attacking other inmates and... Um, you know, obviously the, you know, kind of some cruel and unusual executions and, 
um, yeah. you know, a lot of reasons for people to still haunt it. I don't know. They should have just worked at the coal mine. <laughs> that would have been maybe a better job. Yeah. You only have one person watching over you. You could, you know, a little outside, bit more freedom. Outside, outside of the prison. I don't think you, you know. actually live in the mine. Well, that's true. You probably come up, you know, at the end of the night. I don't <laughs> I know. I would think you hey, have listen, to. I don't know, though. How did they not escape? But I, I, I would hope, hope because, that they would come Because they of. loved what they did. <laughs> they did it for the love. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a short break. And when we return, uh, it'll be time for a debate. Hey, Bob. Thank you so much for coming. Rebecca finally figured out what we did wrong when we were conjuring Bloody Mary. We weren't clean enough. Did you get that Manscaped package I sent you? Hey, Pat. Yeah, you know, I did. I opened it up, and there was a few things in there that were really cool. One, I got the Weed Whacker. I got the Lawnmower 4.0, you know, to keep the lady and wine a little happy. You know what I'm saying? Did you get all the lotions? I did for those unexpected, like, microclimates that make you feel real, like, unclean, unfresh. Awesome. I sent it to Nick, too. I think he's running late, but here's a Pat fact for you while we wait is that they also make boxers. Hey, Mothman. Hey, Pat. Oh, man. Speak of boxers. Why are you just in your boxers? What? Why? Because Manscaped. Unwanted hair is nothing but a specter left in my life. Looking for something for yourself or for a man in your life? Visit manscaped.com and use the coupon code GHOSTLY for up to 20% off. back you ready for a debate uh yeah yeah for this one yeah okay <laughs> let's hear what you got rebecca all right so we're going to talk about some of the specific places and sightings that have happened at this prison um i just want to give an overview though i mean you kind of started talking about this um before break but um of just all the things that have been reported at this prison okay so apparitions okay smelling unpleasant odors what? I mean, have you, have you seen the condition that the prison's in right now? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Very true. Strange noises and echoes. I think also yeah. a little hard to like mm -hmm. attribute to paranormal things. Um, even some of the videos that I've watched where people are investigating, they're like, oh my gosh, what was that noise? And then they'll be like, oh yeah, it was a door or like whatever, you know, like they kind of figure it out. Well, you know bit. what? I really like doing these episodes about like prisons and stuff like that because there's usually not women in white. I don't believe there is a I do not believe that yeah. there's a woman in white so, here. So that is true. That is true. All right. Um feelings of being watched. Okay, and I covered that in the last Ghostly X episode. You did talk about that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um visitors have felt uh brushed by somebody, mm -hmm. tapped, um and even shoved by invisible hands. Um, and cameras have captured ghostly mists, ding, ding, ding. faces, figures, and of course, your favorite orbs. <laughs> I don't think I have any orbs in my evidence. Um, but I thought we would start because you actually mentioned this. Hauntings um, have been reported in the prison as early as the 1930s. So even yeah. while it was an active prison, the prisoners them and the guards themselves actually recorded um, 
seeing the, you know, apparitions basically. So, or paranormal things. Uh, so basically there was, um, an inmate, um, that often was often spied walking along a maintenance area where prisoners were not allowed. Were often, it was spied? Yes, was seen. <laughs> spied. Um, no, an inmate was often seen walking along a maintenance area where prisoners were not supposed to go. So then they would, um, they would either alert, uh, the inmates would alert the guards or the guards would see it and they would set off alarms, but there was no one there and there were no inmates unaccounted for when they investigated. So they didn't necessarily call it a ghost, but basically it was like, hey, who's that guy in that area that there's not supposed to be anybody and there was nobody missing. And when they went to look, never anybody there. Wow. So what do you think? So I think that 1930s after the spiritualist movement, I mean, this place was pretty much made during the spiritualist movement. Uh, it was a Gothic style um, prison. So it gives that feeling of being extra creepy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, about the prisoner walking there when they weren't allowed, uh, there was a lot of escapes in this prison. <laughs> or escape attempts. Escape attempts. Yeah. Uh, I, would say that it's it probably actually a prisoner. I don't know, though. I mean, that seems really weird then, because how is it then they just, like, managed to get back in their cell and no one see Because them? they made the cells. <laughs> That's the reason why. They made the cells, so they they put a little, you know, little weight in and out. Okay. How about just out, though? <laughs> like, why would you come back in? <laughs> they didn't want to alert the guards too much. Mm. They just wanted to mess with them. No, I, I think that this is just a prisoner um, somehow in the wrong area. Okay. So what's your rating then? I'm going to go one on this one. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a five. Because, five, okay. Yeah, because I feel like it sounds like it happened more than once. If it just happened one time, I would be like, yeah, it was a prisoner. But the fact that it seemed to happen over and over again makes me think maybe they were seeing the ghost of something. But why a five and not like a seven? That's what I was thinking. Because uh, again, it. it is the 30s and I don't have a lot of like evidence and they didn't necessarily describe it as a ghost. Yeah, so, just a person, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, next piece of evidence. Uh, again, there's, there's so much. Let me just say this. Like, I mean, I, I'm going to post in our show notes youtube videos you know tons of tons of stuff out there people investigating this place um, but i want to focus on the areas that are like hot spots for activity right mm -hmm. and kind of give some of those the stories um that they talk about so um one of the most notable documented deaths at the prison is of rd wall he was an inmate that basically they thought he was a snitch I am mm -hmm. not saying he was a snitch. If you are a, you know, descendant of this man, I mean, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But well, you know what snitches get? <laughs> well, he got a lot more than stitches. Oh. <laughs> um, but on October eighth, nineteen twenty nine, he was attacked while mm -hmm. heading to the boiler room by three prisoners with dull shivs. Yeah, I, I I read about this doing the history. I didn't include it in the history, but yeah, I figured there was probably something with that. Yeah. So, um, so since his death, many have in, have claimed to encountered paranormal activity around the site of his murder. Shadows tend to lurk in the dark, and physical touch is very common. Um, now, I'm there's a lot of sh shadow people 
photos around the prison. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought we could we can talk about um, what you think as far as um, just kind of general paranormal activity around this area, including the touching. And then maybe we can talk about the shadow person photo. Well, okay. So I will say that as far as the photo goes, um, that was the only piece of evidence that I've reviewed prior to this episode, mm-hmm. just to let everyone know. Um, so the shadows tending to lurk in the dark and physical touch, like the the paranormal activity part, it doesn't give much of a description. So I'm going to take it that the shadows and the physical touch are the description yes. of it. Yes. And um, I would say that it, because of it being that gothic style of a of a prison, that uh, shadows are are more pronounced than the way that it's built up actually it's promotes like that stoneish kind of yeah, and it's thing? tall. And okay. yeah, I would say that it hmm. that shadows would, would would be more prominent too, and especially that it was in sandstone. So um, I, I think the shadow would come out a little bit more too. Um, as far as the touching, I think this is just people being paranoid and they're they're assuming something like that. You don't have any like firsthand accounts of these things, though, right? Oh, there's definitely a lot of firsthand accounts okay. out there of people saying that they were touched. I mean, but not on this particular one, though. Uh, no, I mean for this, I mean I'm not like sharing necessarily a specific person with yeah. you. Just, be, but there's there's many of them out there. People yeah. saying they felt touched. They say. Um, a lot of times um, men feel it more on like their shoulders or um, like Oh, so sides. they reach out and touch the shoulder and mm-hmm. say like, hey. <laughs> but uh, but women will feel it like with their hair uh, uh, or their back. So Well, but maybe a guy with long hair would feel it on his hair too. I don't I know. I don't know. I don't know. Now, okay, let's talk about the shadow person photo then a little bit more. Sure, yeah. So, because it is it is something different. You know, like it's not like it's a shadow. It is a clear outline of a of a humanoid figure. It is a person. I mean, do you feel like it is a person there that's just yes. in shadow? Yes. Okay. I feel that the person was um standing to the left of where the camera was. Mhm. And you could kind of see it in the shadow, too, um, that that's how they were positioned. And the shadow is only there because the because per- a person was there. Okay. Okay. I mean, I will say, I, like, the person who took the photo said very much that it was a very dark shadow, that it felt like a, like a black, mm-hmm. you know, thing, and that it looked at her. Um, but when the you're on The photo these- doesn't necessarily look like that though like it's it's hard you know what i mean like it looks more grainy yeah when you're on these tours though you you have no way of knowing how many people are behind you or around you and stuff like that like we've done tours and i i took a photo of what looked like a shadow person but it was actually one of the people in our group leaving us behind (laughs) or we were leaving him behind Mm. or something like that well this was i think she was with just another person they weren't doing a tour at this point um and so they did not know of any people you know it wasn't like there was supposed to be someone up there or anything i still think it's a person though all right so what's your rating for this zero on this one okay uh i give this one um i give it a, a seven yeah, Seven, okay. but yeah, that, the photo. I mean, it's not a ten, you know, but it's up there. Okay, all right. 
Uh, okay, next one. So let's talk about the Sugar Shack. <laughs> we mentioned that. All right. <laughs> I got the Sugar Shack here. It's an uh, it's an old rec room in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, it was infamous for gambling, drug deals, you know, rapes, fighting, murder. Um, so kind of a. I, I think you're supposed place. to read that and murder. murder. Uh, so today visitors report hearing, uh, unseen people. So voices arguing, talking, whispering, um, others have heard just unexplained noises and cold spots. Mm. So let's just stop there for a moment and talk about, talk about that. I will say I watched a video and again, I will post it. It's an hour long video. So I didn't send it to you because I'm Mm. like, I'm not going to send you an hour video. But while they were in this, they had like a one of those newer like spirit boxy kind of mm-hmm. things. And it said dining. No. When they got there. Well, they didn't dine in this room. <laughs> I don't know, but for some reason. Anyways. So what do you think about uh so we got voices um and other noises as well as cold spots? So I'm thinking that um this place is in the basement, so you might be able to pick up sounds from uh above you. And that might give you the feeling that there is like people talking and people um, whispering and stuff, you know, so that I would say could explain that. Um, unexplained noises and felt cold spots. Um, first of all, cold spots, it's in a basement. So, I mean, basements are typically colder. Heat rises. That's how that works. <laughs> And um, so basements are typically colder. So I, I, I could see them feeling cold spots. Um, unexplained noises goes back to the same thing I was just saying, that it's in the basement. So people upstairs. Well, or just the prison itself. I mean, I will say I find this not as compelling. Yeah. You know, like of, of evidence, even like, quote unquote, people talking. Like, I think a lot of things could be there could be animals in there. There could be things going on. You know, it's a big abandoned place like it's really hard to know that what you're hearing is something paranormal unless you can truly investigate it all like with lights on and stuff like that. And then the same, I agree with cold spots. That seems a little bit shaky to me, Um, but we're not done. Well, hold on. I was going to say one more thing too. It's that um, you also are in a place that that's notorious for being, you know, this, Sure. This acti- this big spot of activity mm-hmm. and stuff. So I, I think people go in there expecting more. Mm, that could be. And so it has that, a lot of energy in it. I'm going to say that. Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So there is one more thing in okay. this area. They say that it's also haunted by a maintenance man who once worked here. He was said to have often spied on the prisoners and was quick to report any news or infractions to the guards. So again, another <laughs> informant. Mm-hmm. But obviously, this was he wasn't a prisoner. Um, in retaliation, he was stabbed several times with shivs uh, when he was in the bathroom. <laughs> After his death, um, his ghost was said to wander around the basement area, and some people have reported equipment malfunctions. So I have heard that too. So basically, maybe they see an apparition, though I didn't find any necessarily specific reports of that. Um, but I did hear people talk about like the whole like losing their batteries and equipment dying, that kind of stuff. And uh, they're not shivs, they're shanks. I think they could be either. They're shanks. Uh, okay. Is that is that an <laughs> Illinois version of the term? Probably, yeah. Oh. Um, okay, so um, as far as this goes, you are in a place that you believe is going to be haunted. 
you're you're going in there for that sole purpose of of thinking it's going to be haunted and you are in the basement of this creepy area going into a normal person's house and going into their basement is creepy enough going into a creepy basement of a prison yeah it would probably make you feel like oh I, maybe i saw something maybe it's that maintenance guy and things going wrong um this place is 160 years old, things are going to go wrong a lot. So wow, I, don't I don't believe the, any part of this. I mean, to me, the equipment malfunctions are always compelling evidence because, I mean, if it was just one one thing one time, but when it's like, okay, this stopped working and this battery drained and, you know. 160 uh, years old. Right, but these are not things connected, like they're not plugged in to the prison. So, so you're saying that people bring like cameras down and that's what happens? Because yeah. to me, it sounds like equipment in the place. No, no, no. They mean like, um, no, it means like people coming in to investigate their equipment malfunctions. You know, I, I've, I've often thought about this. There could be some kind of thing like my dad used to have this thing where he would wear watches and he would wear them for a day and zap the watch totally. The, the watch wouldn't work after that. So after just one watch or multiple no watches? after after he passed, I looked in one of his drawers to clean it out, and there was about ten watches in there. And because I always wore watches, and I always asked him why he didn't wear them, and that's what his his excuse was. I I, I think there's a possibility that there's some kind of um, electromagnetic um, thing that's happening that's causing that to happen, which is not at all paranormal. It's based upon physics. No, so zero on this one, Rebecca. <laughs> I'm going to give it a four. Again, I'm not as convinced. I mean, I do think people are hearing things That's pretty there low and all for that. you. It is pretty low, but again, I, I just didn't see a whole lot of real specifics with that. Okay. All right. So next one, the no, uh, North Wagon Gate, which you mentioned, mm -hmm, yeah. right? The, the oldest structure is said to be home to one of the prison's most active ghosts. Of course it is. <laughs> so basically this is where this is by where the execution gallows were. Now you talked about a guy that was beheaded. Yes. Right? Okay. So this is another one, a guy named Orville Adkins. He was hanged. Oh in, yeah, I was on his diet before. <laughs> in nineteen thirty eight. Um, but his execution was pretty messed up. As the noose was being placed around his neck, a nervous assistant pulled the trapdoor handle too quickly, and Orville fell 20 feet to the stone walkway. Aww. Though he was stunned and hurt, he was still alive. He was then pulled back up to the scaffold and hanged correctly. Oh. Wow. Wow. Um, so here, visitors say the area exudes an evil feeling, and they feel as if they're being watched. Mysterious sounds and voices have been captured in EVPs and the ghosts and the condemned are often see or sometimes seen. Um, and they say they hear his footsteps. So I know that's a lot of little things there, but um, so we got the mysterious uh, sounds and voices. Um, in feeling EV evil. <laughs> feeling evil. Yeah. Yeah. So the evil feeling is because you're in a freaking prison. <laughs> That's you're gonna feel that way. Evil people have been there. Actually, I don't believe in evil like that, but um, but bad bad people have been there, and you know that. So I I think you're gonna pick up on that. Uh, I don't think that that's anything paranormal with that or supernatural. Um, they feel as if they're being watched. Well, 
again, I covered this on Ghostly X the last time. Um, There are people that believe that we have this like force field set up around us where we can feel if anything is going into that force field or anything. Pretty paranormal sound. (laughs) Um, It could be or it could be electromagnetic again. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. all right. I think it all falls under the activity. No, no. Mysterious sounds and voices. We've covered this in the last couple ones, um, yeah. but this one's being captured in EVPs, so I, I give them even less credit then. <laughs> and the ghost of the condemned are sometimes seen. Um, yeah, and you you tried to put often seen in there, so yes, no, and then I corrected myself. <laughs> yeah, sometimes seen, but again, they you know I, I, the only pictures I've seen of ghosts are more just like shadowy figures and the one i sent to you is the most clear of those photos that i saw i will say very very clear picture i mean too clear though Uh, that's my problem with it uh, so if i sent you one that was less clear would that have maybe i don't know maybe Maybe. all right um so yeah i i I I think it's just people having wishful thinking that they see these uh, condemned um, people walking around there. And uh, footsteps are said to be heard slowly pacing back and forth. Again, this has multiple floors in it. So it could be something upstairs. It could be something with the wood. It could be that they're on a tour and there's multiple people and you're not aware of all the people's positions at every time. So I'm going to go zero on this one again. This one I'm going to give a six. Six. Yeah, I definitely think here we're getting things captured by recorders. And I I do, uh, again, every single person that goes into this place reports feeling pretty spooked out. um, Not every single person, some people. Most people. You're reading reports of the people that (laughs) that have said that. You're not reading the reports of people that were like, nope, nothing. Well, this is definitely one of the spookier parts of the prison. Okay. All right. Uh, last section here. And again, there's the whole place has reports, but this mm-hmm. is, I think, one of the other big ones, um, which is in the cell blocks themselves. Okay. Right. So we were, you know, in the rec area and then we were kind of where the executions were. So now we're back in in the cell blocks. Um, and there are certain cells and certain areas of cells that are more active than others. Um, but I would say that one of the most popular cells to investigate is of William Red Snyder. Sounds uh, cool. Yeah. he well, Red was murdered in his cell after being locked up for murder and becoming a leader of a gang within the prison. So countless people have claimed to hear red's raspy voice within the cell whether that be disembodied voice like they're just hearing it live with their ears or through i don't know what itc equipment is i'm sorry i didn't look it up but paranormal investigating equipment i wonder if red is saying something about putting his foot up there behind or something you've been watching uh that 70s show lately. the 90s show Ah, yeah um yeah i um i don't know i i don't think that they actually heard a raspy voice. Um, and um, even though there was ITC equipment used, there was no recordings or anything that you that you heard. Oh, right? I mean, I definitely heard um, recordings like pe- or, or people investigating and they're getting voices on their equipment. Did you hear this raspy voice of Red? I didn't, you know, it was more like, you know, when you do the um, spirit boxy thing. So it wasn't yeah. necessarily like a raspy voice. So, but by, by the way, ITC, oh no, I, like some sort of, 
induction equipment. I don't know. There's too many things. Oh, it's a spe- It's a form of a spirit box. Yeah. Okay. So it's just like I feel like it, like the kind of a more updated version of it. I'm so guessing. I those use radio waves, or right. uh, some of them will use uh, like a Wi-Fi signal right. in order to get that. So I don't I don't trust that. So I'm going to give it a zero. Okay. Uh, I am definitely going to give this one a seven um, because it definitely is like a super freaky area. And there's this one particular cell that people keep going back to. They keep hearing things, seeing things there. Yeah. I'm going to give it. All right. Give it a seven. Uh, So what's your overall rating then, Rebecca? So my overall rating for this place is a six. A six. Okay. I mean, I want to go higher. I want to give it a seven, but it's just tricky because... Well, we'll talk about it, but the evidence with the with the noises, I I just have a harder time buying. But there there are enough other things that that kind of put it over into the yeah paranormal for me. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go zero on my overall rating because I gave more zeros than I gave like one one. So it doesn't yeah. doesn't average out to be anything more than that. So that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time, and we will time each other on our cell phones because Rebecca likes to fib. Super honest. Likes to fib. Honest. Rebecca, are you ready? I am ready. All right. I have one minute on my phone and go. All right. So I do believe that the West Virginia Penitentiary is haunted. There are so many reports, a lot of sightings, photos. Um, there's a lot of recordings. Again, I, you know, I don't have the time to play hours of video (laughs) on our episode, but I will link to them. Um, so definitely check them out. Um, you know, but that being said, a lot of it is being like, what was that noise? What was that noise? What was that noise? And I, I just have a harder time with that evidence because there's not really a lot of proof that that's something paranormal especially in this like older prison that's very like being let you know like no one's like taking care of it or anything like it's disintegrating so um but there are just just enough evp stuff just enough reports that i feel like it it goes towards the haunted oh there you go right on time right on time it was perfect okay All right, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, go. I think we need to stop assuming that places are haunted just because of their history. I believe that, yeah, it's got a very dark history to it. Um, There was some bad things that happened in this prison, but it doesn't mean anything. This is a Gothic-style prison that's 160 years old. Of course, you're going to feel creeped out when you go inside there. And, of course, you're going to be at uh, a heightened alert. But uh, that does not mean that there's anything in this prison besides your own your own feelings about it. So I'm going to say no, and I think you should vote my way. Are you done? Yes. All right. There you go. I feel like maybe based on this episode, we need to do an episode about what is the creepiest architecture style, because you really seem to think Gothic is creepy. You don't think so? Well, I mean, I, you know, I mean... It definitely, I think, is often used in creepy ways. That's true. Yeah. In movies and things like that. If I was going to create like a haunted house, (laughs) gothic would be the way to go. Yeah. The gargoyles. Yeah. I love gargoyles. They're (laughs) awesome. 
Um, so I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement. If we haven't said it like 20 times already, we are on YouTube. Go to YouTube, watch us, subscribe, and like and comment. We yeah. definitely would appreciate it. Um, we do have some VIP patrons to uh, acknowledge in this episode. We consider them like our producers. Uh, Alicia. Uh, Carrie. Becky. Natalie. Kim. Ta. Ernie. Shayla. Cindy. Kevin. Nicole. Jessica. Alice. Austin. Aaron. Hope. Candy. And Candy, yep. And on the next episode of Ghostly, we will be talking about Jerome Grand Hotel in Arizona. And it comes out on February 8th. Super excited about this one. Yeah, before that, we are going to be at Dark Matters mm-hmm. in Elgin inside uh, Elgin at Side Street Studio Arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be like a podcast festival with just spooky, dark podcasts. Yeah, it's literally called the Dark Matters Podcast Festival. Two days of spooky, fun podcasting. Yeah, I think it's a play on words. Like um, Dark Matter and then the Dark Matters. I It was... It was, I named it. Yeah. And so it's that, a play on words. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> play on words. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we are headlining Saturday night at 830. Yes. Um, but you can, for a uh, low price, you can see both days. Um, so if you're in the area, come and check it out. And um, we will hopefully be recording what we do and releasing it to our Patreon. Yeah. So, and so Paranormal trying. Guys are going to be there. Yes. And Ta's going to be there. And the Mayfields will be there. And everybody that you that you know and love from Ghostly will be there, including uh, Nick Mataragas. But <laughs> yeah. Right. But until next time, stay ghostly. Bye.